The Bankless Data Donations are brought to you by Aave. Aave is a borrowing and lending protocol on top of Ethereum, where you can deposit some of your favorite assets in order to borrow other assets from Aave, which is particularly well suited to yield farming. If you don't want to sell your Ether, if you don't want to sell your Wi-Fi, you can deposit them into Aave and borrow stablecoins so you can use them in these various DeFi farms. What's cool about Aave is that it will give you a variable interest rate based on market conditions, but you can also pay a fixed interest rate to help you plan into the future. Check out Aave at Aave.com. If you want a better way to understand your DeFi portfolio, I recommend you go to zapper.fi and plug in your Ethereum addresses to get a comprehensive report as to your currently owned assets and where they are in Ethereum. If you were around for the 2017 bull market, it was characterized by refreshing Blockfolio over and over and over again. And anytime you would ever make a trade, you would have to manually update your Blockfolio to make sure that your portfolio was accurate. With Zapper, you don't have to do that because Zapper looks on-chain at your Ethereum addresses to see the assets that you have in various DeFi protocols. Not only does it tell you the assets that you own, but it also tells you if they are deposited into Aave, into Compound, what yield farm they're in, your predicted APY, and it'll even let you make investments into DeFi protocols right through their Zapper.fi portal making it really easy to compare and contrast different places as to where you can deploy your, your capital. Check them out at zapper.fi. All right, welcome Bankless Nation. This is State of the Nation number 15. We've got a special guest for you, Jordan Lyle, who is the creator, maybe the accidental creator of Meme which is our main topic that we're gonna talk about today. Um, if this is your first day of the nation, David and I do this every Tuesday. And what we do is we talk about the things that are going on in DeFi, in crypto, in the bankless nation that you should know about. And we relay those things, relate those things to some of the big picture topics that we talk about on the bankless podcast and in the newsletter. So this drops every Tuesday. It's live. We're doing it an hour early, but generally it's going to be 2 p.m. Eastern if you want to catch it live. You can also catch the recorded version on Bankless YouTube. And of course, we release these on our podcast stream on Wednesday if you are more of the audio uh, sort of person. Just some quick announcements before we get in. Um, we had an epic episode with Hugh from the Nexus Protocol that dropped on Monday. We also have an NFT episode that's coming out the following Monday. David, what do you think about that NFT episode? Our NFT is going to be the next big thing, my friend. You know what? That's kind of what it seems to be shaping up to be. Uh, NFTs seem to be really hot right now. And I'll be honest, it kind of caught me by surprise. I was not on the ball with that one. Uh, turns out they, there's a world of NFTs that I kind of haven't been paying attention to. And that's kind of getting to what the state of the nation is, right? This, uh, there seems to be a lot of excitement around NFTs. And so we're, we have an NFT themed episode today. And then we also have an NFT themed podcast coming out on your feed on Monday. Absolutely. Yeah. So NFTs are maybe the next up and coming thing in DeFi. So you got to check that out. Also, uh, we have an article coming out, much demanded article actually on taxes with all of this farming revenue coming in the door. Like how do you, the IRS is going to want their cut. Um, how do you manage those taxes? That's coming on the Bankless newsletter as well. As lastly, an AMA this Thursday with Hugh Carp again, where you get to ask your questions of Hugh. But I'm going to start with a question 
I always start with at the beginning of these State of the Nation episodes, and that is this. David, what is the State of the Nation this week? The State of the Nation this week is memeing which has only a little bit to do with meme the asset, which is a topic that we're going to get into. But the memes have been strong lately. Uh, I think this effort is perhaps spearheaded by Blue Kirby, who has been doing a fantastic job memeing into existence so many memes, such as few and weesh, which (laughs) I don't yet understand, uh, but I'm trying to. Uh, It makes me feel a little bit like a boomer, but the the memes are flowing. The memes are flowing. This whole episode is going to make me feel like a little bit of a boomer because I haven't fully been been keeping up on meme, the actual asset. And Jordan's mm-hmm. going to get us up to speed on that. But like, is it just me, David? Or have you noticed an uptick in Ethereum's and DeFi's ability to come up with memes? Like last cycle, the last few couple of years even, it's been all Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you want the great crypto memes, they came out of Maximus territory yep. and Bitcoiner territory. But now, I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like the uh, meme game has shifted and the Ethereans and the DeFiers are like picking it up. Yeah. And uh, really maybe well. they're ahead of the Bitcoiners. Oh, yeah. Right big, now. Like, big lead. Big <laughs> you think lead. so? There's a, there's a lot of memes that like I only understand because like I can go to a friend and ask them, like, all right, what does this meme mean? And then I explain, yeah. and then they, <laughs> then they explain it to me and then I understand it. And then I'm a part of it, right? Like as soon as you understand a meme, you're a part of the meme, right? And so. Yeah. And, and the, the way that I think memes work, that first off, they're highly correlated to asset appreciation, right? And so that like a token number goes up, then the meme culture begins, right? Like that, these things are linked together. And uh, when DeFi fun times happen and there's a bunch of assets all going up in price, you have like a decentralized production facility of memes coming out of every single corner of DeFi, every single corner of Ethereum. So like the meme factory has like started to churn out some really quality memes. It's super impressive. Well, aptly aptly named State of the Nation Mm -hmm. then, David. So why don't we get to our first topic? And this is one of three topics. So we're going to talk about um, memes, the asset today, and get caught up to speed on what that is. We're also going to talk about EIP-1559. And Mm -hmm. like, is it just me? Or did we enter a bear market? Is the bear not fully dead? We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that. And then thirdly, we're going to talk again about the uni airdrop, which I think is... um, warrants a another conversation this week as well but first let's talk about memes let's talk about nfts we're bringing on jordan lyle who is the accidental (laughs) creator of the meme asset jordan welcome to bank of the nation or state of the nation (laughs) all right how are you doing sir you got me all flustered with this meme stuff there you go it's it's flustering for sure i'm I'm doing well How, how are you guys we are doing fantastic You know, so David and I um, got a confession to make. So we try to keep up with everything in DeFi and like we do a decent job, right? But there's a lot to keep up with. And meme is one of the things that we haven't yet fully kept up on. And so, so we're kind of relying on you to explain this thing to us, explain what this thing does and what it is uh, and how you got involved. And maybe Jordan, we could start with kind of the, the Genesis tweet, right? So uh, I'm going to actually share this and you, maybe you can explain uh, how this whole thing started with this Genesis tweet. So I'm sharing right now a tweet uh, that you made. When was this? Okay, August 14th. So a little over a month ago. And this was meant to be a joke tweet. You said, introducing the degenerator, spin up a new DeFi project in as little as five minutes. And then you show this like mock-up UI yeah. of 
a, like some kind of a, a yield farm wizard uh, user interface where you kind of select your governance, you select all the money Legos and then, you know, out pumps a, I guess, a new yield farm. Is that, is that right? You, you got it, man. Yeah, that's it. Um, all right. So what happened with this, <laughs> with this tweet? And then what happened afterwards? Well, uh, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, just like quick intro. I, I, I'm a product guy building on DeFi, right? I've been full-time Ethereum for like three plus years now. Uh, I'm at consensus at the moment. Uh, prior to that, I was at total the DEX aggregator as, as chief product officer. So I've been living and breathing Ethereum and DeFi since it's been a thing, building products in this space. Pulse, thanks to you guys, in fact, you know, my finger on the pulse of what's going on. And it, it, this, this, this seems like so long ago, but it was, it was five weeks ago. <laughs> this was uh, not, not that long ago in, uh, in any normal person's uh, calendar, right? But um, this was just as Yam happened, right? This is just as uh, this, the curve token was deployed by OX Chad right on on twitter this was just as based was was coming out um and what we started to see was like uh a lot of these guys were using you know the synthetics token for for staking they were using this or sorry not the token the the, the governance contract you know the, the, the synthetics contract for this the, the compound contract for that they were just kind of mashing together contracts right making some changes uh, and they always told you you know like um, inconsequential changes to, to this code that justifies not getting an audit. And, you know, my, my background at consensus, one of the projects that I, that I was pretty proud about that, uh, that I, that I led was the DeFi score. And, uh, it was all about like ratings agency on a blockchain. What does that look like? Ratings That's agency. Awesome, by the way, thanks Thank for you. that. And, um, so I'm always coming at it with like, uh, as a user, I love this stuff. Right, I, I'm right in there with with you guys in the, in the pools. I'm a I'm a degen by by night, but by day, I, uh, you know, I've been thinking about like how do we bring some some credibility. A new user is just going to look at the highest APR and they're going to jump in. How do we start to become a better, just a better, more accessible banking or bankless uh, infrastructure? Uh, so it's it's kind of ironic, right? So I was kind of poking fun at the YOLO nature of test and prod, of pre-mine, of get some rando to deploy the contracts perfectly uh, <laughs> um, for your entire your entire protocol on mainnet first try. Uh, so it honestly, it, 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 it occurred to me that this would be a fun project to build and we can probably build it. Um, but of course, as like the, the, the lean startup MVP approach. I'm like, well, let's see if, if anybody would res if this would resonate with anyone. And then it just became like, oh, I can squeeze in all these in jokes. So there's like lots of little Easter eggs in here. Just having a ton of fun with it. I just so happened to pick the pineapple emoji in this, in, in this screenshot. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was pure like, well, the yam was taken. Uh, some of these other like, what's what's cool? What's still food? But what's a little bit more more fun? That that's the 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 source of the pineapple um and that was it i posted it i thought i thought a couple people a couple friends in the space would like it i thought anthony sasana would retweet me i thought we get some <laughs> we get, get some likes and then we'd be done uh but that uh that did not happen it, it actually got a ton of 
of interest, as you can see by, yeah. by that. Okay, so shortly after, I think this is on the 15th, I think you, you posted a reply to your own tweet that this is, what have I done? So what <laughs> did you do? What happened, Jordan? So you'll see there's a miss. You see there's a hidden tweet in there um, that that I that I took down in between. If you if you scroll up, kind of in between there, uh, okay. maybe, it's, maybe it's not showing. Um, but anyway, so what had what had quickly happened was um, I said, well, I, I don't have a SoundCloud. How do I how do I use this this uh, this attention on Twitter? How do I use this momentum and, and do it for something good? So I, I created a, a Notion page. I, I, I bought a website, domain name, created a Notion page, sent users to that, sent users to Telegram for there. And I started a Telegram group. I thought it would just be a handful of us, like that, that you know, those of us that had the same sense of humor, that, that love DeFi, and uh, we could do something fun in there. Maybe it's build the product for real, or maybe it's just share some laughs. But that's that's kind of how things took off is this telegram group that was created and, right after that. I don't want to fast forward too much, but I do want to give our listeners and watchers a, um, I guess a perspective on what happened and you know, the, the way in crypto we look at things a lot is price, right? So yeah. this is an actual, the actual meme token that was created on the back of this joke, as you said. So uh, 30, yeah, 30 minutes after creating the telegram group, not me. Someone else had the bright idea of creating an ERC twenty token just for the lols, just for the crazy. laughs. So somebody on the fifteenth, uh, after you tweeted, "What have I done?" <laughs> uh, they created the ERC twenty token, called it meme, right? Yep. And the price then was uh, kind of funny, you know, eleven dollars, one hundred and eighty k, right? You know, yep. good, good, good market cap for a joke. Um, now yeah. here we are. And something has happened in between because here we are five weeks later, as you say, the market cap is no longer $11 and 186K. It's now $1,400 and close to 13 million. Just FYI, in, in, that's volume, Ryan. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. All right. No, yeah. this, is, this is price. Yeah. That's price. Cap's yeah. about 30. Yeah. Uh, I was saying, okay, cap is 30 million. Ah, thank you for correcting me. So I was quoting um, volume instead of cap, market cap. So we went from, let's see, um, we went from about 300K when it was launched to 31K. Thanks. That's well, yes. better, guys. 31 million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 31 million, excuse me. Which is, um, which is partly why the state of the nation is memeing. Right. So, so what happened, Jordan? How did this happen? It, it was this, this magical moment where off the silly tweet, uh, a telegram group was created, uh, a small group of people formed just for laughs, as you had mentioned. Uh, one thing led to another. The meme came first. It was, hey, we should, we should uh, have fun with this. Let's create an ERC-20 token. Let's fairly distribute it to everyone that's this early participant in this community, fair, even distribution, no whales. Everyone has an equal share. Everyone got the airdrop that were that was in this early group. Um, part of the the genesis was uh, adding liquidity to Uniswap for ETH slash meme, and then of course in full meme, uh, we sent the LP tokens to Vitalik's public address, uh, essentially <laughs> essentially burning essentially burning those tokens, right? So that we could, they can never rug pull because there will always be liquidity. Um, and Wait, why uh, is that burning the tokens? Because Vitalik's well, never going to go get them. 
he could if he wanted to. That's a meme though. Like you could you could look it up. A lot of people have done this uh, with their token, but. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a meme because it's instead of sending it to like the burner address, the 0x000, zero yeah. zero zero zero, they made a meme out of it to send it to Vitalik's address. <laughs> okay. I it's, wasn't even aware that was going on. It's just one meme in, in, a, in a long stream of memes here. Yeah. It's, it's memes on memes on memes. It's memes all the way down. All the way down. Okay, yeah. but Jordan, you, you guys literally checked all of the boxes like um, of what sort of the memeiest thing you could create for this kind of a token, you know, was right, including this. So if you go to, yeah, uh, I don't. Was this the URL that you registered? Don't buy meme. Was that part of the joke, no, or is that a different? Not one? originally. I bought okay. the degenerator.com, uh, but quickly turned it into, uh, you know, once we had an, once we, you know, day 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 two, <laughs> I settled on don'tbuymeme.com. All right, so don'tbuymeme.com, kind of like a reverse psychology thing, I guess, that is, is going meme. on. Or That's just another meme. <laughs> or just another meme, who knows? But it's what it instructs you to do is, is don't buy it, don't farm it, don't join the Telegram, don't Please have don't. anything to do with it. Um, Although they are buttons. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are buttons that allow you to do things they tell you not to do. Well, this, but, no, but, this, is, this is compliance. This is how the, C, the SEC won't get after us. Okay, we, yeah, because it's no. it's basically the the Andre from Wifey Play, right? Meme has no, zero value, meme. right? That's it. Everyone was freaking out. Of course, this was before we had a product. This was before we had a website. We didn't, okay. at the time, it was, hey, we're the Doge for DeFi, right? Like, this is just a meme coin. And uh, people were, were FOMOing hard and it was spreading around Twitter. It was spreading around all these P&D groups. And I have a reputation or at least, you know, one that I'd like to maintain. And uh, I work for consensus. I got to make sure that like, we're good there. So I was kind of distancing myself at the time, like, dudes, like, let's, let's ease off. This was just a joke. This was satire. You guys know this, right? Um, so the, the meme became early on, don't buy meme, hashtag don't buy meme. That's... <laughs> It's been it's been the meme all along, and when we got listed by Poloniex yesterday, the meme was "Don't um, don't list meme." Like, please please stop! Don't list us. Oh my God! So so a centralized exchange listed meme at this point, Poloniex. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Okay, wow. so so I have to ask: Is there it's, any we're like tenth level meme now? Yeah, that we're it, we're yeah it, it's in memeception over and over and over again. Uh, so I have to ask, like, is there any sort of fundamental value proposition to this or is it just a meme? Oh, yeah. Okay. So what's None the fundamental all. value proposition to meme? So early on, it was just a meme, but it's long since been just a meme. And in itself, that's a meme, right? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, early days, pump and dump territory. What do I do? What do we do? Do I, do I distance myself? Do I, mm -hmm. do I uh, get more involved? Um, it got it got going into that territory. A lot of a lot of people had dumped because of this this early FOMO. You know, um, early days we were able to the token price was starting to get up there in price. A lot of people dumped. In fact, I'm not going to call them out here, but if you search for Twitter, there are a handful of people that have that have uh, publicly Anthony Sassano. There you go. He um, dumped. <laughs> he, uh, and he, he regrets it. He was on form two, which is another meme, but he was on. He was on the airdrop that received the early, yeah, three five five point five five meme. He dumped it pretty early on for a couple of ETH, and why would you? Why wouldn't you? Right, this, you know, a few grand for a, a funny joke. Why not? Um, but after all, the dumpers had dumped, 
and moved on. And I, and, and I'm trying not to take it personally that, that <laughs> uh, okay. my name attached to this thing, but, but we, but, but we can, we can move on. Okay. Um, after all the dumpers had dumped, uh, it was like, okay, what, what do we do? A few of us were, were like, dude, this is, this is lightning in a bottle. Like, this is magical. This is like, this doesn't come around very often that like we have something like we have a, the meme first and then we have the brand uh, or the community and then the brand. And now it's like, well, now what do we do? You know, I'm a product guy. Uh, so it was like, okay, if we are the Doge for DeFi, we would be composable, right? Like we would be a Lego brick, of course. Yeah. Um, so what, what does that mean? And then a bunch of ideas floating to the top, you know, being discussed in this early group. This was 2 a.m. my time. I'm having a blast. Mm. Everyone, and this is all meanwhile, people are throwing memes. They're memeing each other. They're memeing me. A uh, bunch of like, again, memeception, memes on me. Like, this, the, it was just an insane ride. I wish I wish we had filmed this thing. Meme if fractals. It, if, it, <laughs> if it become, like, this was, it, it was just an, it was an amazing 12 hours. Um, but it was, an idea kind of floated to the surface and that was, Hey, what's the, what's the meme use product that we could build, but actually provide some value and something that would, that would be worth our time. Right. Like we, we wanted to build something. I didn't, we didn't come all this way to just, to just fizzle out. Okay. Yield farming was huge at the time. This was right after yam. This was pre pasta, pre sushi. It sounds weird to say, right. But this is yeah, pre food coin forever ago. Yeah. It was like, um, it was, it was early days, and then the thought was, okay, yield farming. They haven't done NFT yield farming. Let's mash the two together, and let's see what happens. A lot of things you can go that in that direction, right? Like a lot, a lot of different directions we can go. Fortunately, the the engineers that happen to be in this small group of people that didn't sell their airdrop, um, they they picked it up and ran with it. And um, ten days later, so ten days after that tweet, we were live in production on mainnet doing pioneering uh nft mining or nft farming and, so that's kind of to be clear you didn't have that idea nor did you execute anything right i didn't have the original idea it was a community thing uh, -huh. uh at being a product guy and and you know ui focused i wanted to get involved and help and help get this out the door right but it was a primarily a lift done by a couple of engineers that mm -hmm. are that are pretty amazing that that continue to push this thing forward okay so but yeah jordan, always always a custom, you know community community thing jordan i'm showing on my screen so if you're not familiar with this this is a it's kind of like the ebay ish for um nfts non-fungible tokens um if you're not familiar with with what those are but they're basically collectibles crypto based um crypto registered collectibles so most of these are registered on ethereum and um, here are some that were recently listed, I believe, by Meme Limited, as it's called. Um, so we've got yeah. what? Th these are yours, right, Jordan? We've got this Andre. No. These are not yours? No, they, they, they belong to Meme, but yeah, they're not mine. Oh, <laughs> okay. I know they're not yours. Sorry. Uh, they, they belong to Meme, the DAO. And you guys have created these like different uh, cards. Is that, is that the first product that, that you mentioned? Like, and... This is kind of, um, I guess, crypto subculture, right? So we've got an Andre rare card. We've got a, um, I saw some Vitalik cards in here. I saw some Hayden Adams cards that are newly minted as well um, that we can see. Let's see here. Um, 
meme grail relic. Here's the Hayden legendary card. Okay, Hayden's card, uh, he's the creator of, of Uniswap for those that are not familiar. It's listed for over 944 ETH right now. Sure is. <laughs> what are these selling so, for? Like, are these really selling? So we skipped over a, a big piece and that's the actual like farming pools. So if you go ah, back to okay. the site, we're, 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 we're much more than just like creating funny pictures and putting them on OpenSea, right? So it'll, it'll make you connect the wallet. But if you, if you were to jump into the farming stuff, you'll it, see that I, there's- I have to click don't farm to farm, right? I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna click it. I'm just gonna <laughs> do it. YOLO. All right, and I've got um, choose a farm, Genesis or so, LP Genesis. So pool one is Genesis. Pool two is LP Genesis. Uh, pool three is artist series. So jump into jump into one of these. It may make you connect the wallet. I don't know if you're if you're okay. connected here. I am going to go against my better judgment and connect to the Genesis NFT collection. So the first batch included metallic, both are rare uh common and legendary sergey and then cz from binance that was that was and, and then and then the, the relic the meme grail and that's it that's all it was was different rarities a set of three uh for each crypto celebrity each crypto og and that's that's what it was we we worked with an artist and uh we built these awesome graphics these trading cards essentially right and they had different rarities but what you do so the, the mechanics here is uh, if you click manage stake right there, you're assuming you had meme in your wallet, you'd approve it, and then you'd deposit just like just like farming, just like locking up, just like staking, right? You'd you'd stake your meme token um, that you didn't buy, uh, and you would uh, you would start accruing. So it's you earn one pineapple point for every meme locked uh, per day. Uh, minimum is one, and the maximum is five. So um, we did not anticipate a token price of 1500 or whatever it is. <laughs> At the time we built this, the token price was $15. So the, the barrier to entry was pretty low. Uh, but the reason we kept a maximum of five meme on there is to just prevent the whales from coming in and minting everything. Wanted to give some, some love to the little guy. But essentially that's what you do is you lock up your meme, you're earning pineapples, and then over time you come back and then you can exchange those pineapples for for NFTs and it's only minted when you click mint. Like these things don't exist until you until you redeem them and mint them for the first wow. time. Wow, and then you can go and you could take that NFT and then you could go sell it on somewhere like OpenSea. Yeah, you can sell it on the aftermarket and, and that's what those are there. People have been selling these things. People have been holding these things, you know, why not HODL where we've kind of hinted at like down the road at it giving extra utility potentially long-term, there's a trading card game. Uh, so there, there's a lot of different strategies in play here, uh, but there is certainly a secondary market. Um, the, the largest so far was the legendary and you're on the, the legendary would be another tab on there. Um, if you go back to Genesis and then you click LP. Now in this case, you're not locking up meme, but you're locking up LP tokens, which is Uniswap, you know, your 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 essentially your tokenized share of liquidity on Uniswap. So it's with what, what what's it paired with? ETH. Uh, e, it's ETH and meme. Yep. And we this was really just an experiment in in like liquidity, right? Could we incentivize liquidity here? And it, it at the moment, you know, at the time we launched, it went from maybe forty thousand dollars USD in liquidity to four hundred thousand dollars USD in liquidity. So we we proved that 
that that experiment worked. But yeah, so these are the legendary cards where only 10 exist, 10 will ever exist. Uh, the cool thing about 1155 is that you can, you can do a bunch of things like that where it's impossible for us to uh, go burr, right? Like we can't, yeah. we can't add any more. Um, 1155s, yeah. you're referring to an ERC. ERC these are not, these are not um, ERC 721s, which is an NFT. These are Correct. 1155s, right? Which have some other feature sets related to well, them. A little bit, you know, it's, it's almost like a, uh, a mix between an a ERC 20 and an ERC 721 where you can do some cool things. You can batch them together. You can create some additional rules. Uh, but the, but the, the, the one thing that's really it's interesting- Kirby. <laughs> got, got the blue Kirby, of course. So, so some of these have been, have been uh, topping out. Um, right now, the record buy is the rare Sergey from Chainlink at the top there. This one? Yeah, it sold in, the, in one day, it sold for 7.7 .7 ETH. The buyer turned it around and sold it for 77.7 um, .7 ETH. Are you kidding me? In the same day. So 20K USD. Thir no, 30, 30K, I think. Something that's, closer that's to crazy. 30. That is absolutely so, insane. And, and why is that? I mean, there's, there's a lot of value here. Uh, there's only 10 that'll ever exist at the time. It was the only one minted. Right. And it's, it's kind of interesting to see like, which, I mean, which... this is like, this is like art, right? This is like collectibles art. art, but it's, it's a shared participation, um, you know, as well. So like, why does this have value? The same reason the Mona Lisa, I suppose has, has value, right? Just like this shared social fabric and the shared history behind it. And the interesting thing I think too, is um, you've got a lot of folks who uh, are doing fairly well in crypto, right? So like art always requires um, a rich you know, patronage to, to pay for the art. And you kind of have that in, in crypto and in DeFi, like there's a lot of money floating around and not a lot of newly, newly won money that people apparently are, are throwing at things like that. Is it, you know, does that take resonate with you, Jordan? Or why do you, what, what's for your sure. explanation for why this card sold for 30 ETH. Yeah, what you were describing is is like NFTs in general, right? Um, and and I, I know you just did a podcast and I don't think it's live yet, but um, there's like that whole untapped thing really, which is like DeFi is just now waking up to NFTs in general and all the, and it's more, it's more than just crypto kitties. It's more than uh, what meets the eye. Um, what we did, and we can dive into that, but what we did is, is, is build on top of that. Instead of just being, you know, we could have easily sold these cards and maybe someone would have bought it, but we, we created this economy where, I mean, it's a, it's a meme sink to, well, <laughs> David could probably explain this better than I could, but you're, the total value locked of meme locked across all our pools is up to like 12 million USD. Like we're top, top 20 or whatever it is in, in TVL if, if, if we were on the list. Um, people see value, they're locking up their meme to mint these things, whether it's because they, they want to hold on to these things because they do, they do genuinely value like scarcity of these assets, or they think there's some utility that may come down later, uh, or they have a ton of money and they want to tell their friends or they want to put it on display, or they want to sell it like a lot of the, these DeFi folks that are coming in, they see the aftermarket or the secondary market sales. Um, so there's so, a 70. So, uh, Andre Cronier went in and bought his own for for 32 ETH. 
Uh, we had another sale for 60 something ETH. Uh, all the rares sell for at least two or three ETH. Commons are starting to increase in value. This is the Genesis collection. You can uh, you can extrap extrapolate, right? If this is a platform that kind of leads the charge in the next bull run, like these these things are valuable. Um, so when you said meme sync, right, Jordan, you're referring to basically the ability of meme to essentially take memes that are going on in the crypto and DeFi space and essentially create products like cards out of that, collectibles out of that. And that can be kind of your, your end product, but you're able to tap into all of the popular memes that are happening right now across crypto and DeFi, but, but later in other places and sort of capitalize on that. And that's what, that's what the product is. Now, is there like an organization kind of, um, you know, that I guess a rudimentary skeleton kind of organization, like, do you have graphic designers that you pay and do you have um, developers that, um, that are, you know, employed or contracted or like, how did, how's that shaping up? So, yeah, that's been probably one of the more interesting things is that, um, early on we created the Citadel, of course. Right. And, uh, in order to join the Citadel, you needed to possess a hundred meme, 100 meme tokens at the time. It was easy to get in buried entry was low. Now, uh, a token at the, at the, let's just say a token price of 1500, it's $150,000 just to part participate. Oh in God. <laughs> but anyways, this is like the, the, it's like a, the Dow, it's like the diet Dow, right? For now, it's just a, a tokenized, a, um, there's, there's proof we're using, we're using this bot collab land, um, that allows you to monitor a telegram group and really gate it to only users that possess a certain number of tokens. Uh, wow. so that's, that's the Dow and we're making, and there's 80 members now we're locking up at least hundred meme. This is what you quoted. Oh, that's from the 16th. So there's probably more now. Yeah, that there, 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 it, things have adjusted, uh, you know, and for some people we've hit moon. So, so people, people found their moon and, uh, right now it's around 50 or 60. Yeah. But, wow. um, as, as a product guy and, and there, there may be some, uh, you know, um, contention here, but, uh, it's, it's decentralization is a sliding scale as is another meme, but, um, so certain things get up, put up for vote other things, especially as it relates to the product, I, I would like a little bit more, uh, input being that that's my background. I feel I can provide a lot of value. It's creating products and, and, and doing that and my face. And I'm one of the only non-anonymous people in like the leadership role. So I need to make sure that it, it matches my, uh, my standards. Mm -hmm. Uh, so certain things we make, we make, you know, small teams make the decisions, other things we put up for a vote. Um, it's just been in a few weeks experimentation in NFTs and DeFi in governance in, uh, in memes and like the personalities of multiple people coming together all at once. It was a, this was gets used a lot flash mob token distribution. <laughs> Um, and, and I think we start like it's, it, it was, it's a joke, right? Like it, this is a, a huge amount of money that now our market cap, um, for silly memes. If you look at the surface, this is why I think it took so long for you to respond to my telegram messages, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like a joke on the surface. I would not fault you for thinking that it's a meme coin first product. It looks like crypto kitties for DeFi. I would not mm -hmm. fault you for looking down on it. We, we missed a whole section there of uh, uh, the third pool, which is the Sven pool. He's this amazing graphic or 3D fine artist 
that I, that I, that we found who we got connected with. And he's doing more than just like caricature, caricatures of Twitter personalities. He's actually doing fine art, things that you might find on uh, super rare or rareable or, or, or sites like that. Yeah. Memed it's, itself it's into fine stuff. art. This is Sven right here. I think I'm sharing my screen. Artist drop zero. That's the next so thing. So this was another experimentation. Okay, so we, we kind of catered to the DeFi folks. What if we went after the NFT folks, the collectors, the art enthusiasts? Mm -hmm. So if you click on explore, uh, you'll see some of his stuff. Wow. And these are all animated works. This this is like legit people in this space. Uh, are, are, I like are this one. This. There's about... A four four million USD locked up at first at first glance, um, and this is there's this is just another thing here where you're earning pineapple pineapple points. Anyone now after after a couple of days they can go mint that first one. The, By the, the way, Jordan, is there is there a um, is there a market for pineapples too? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But there probably will be, or there could be. It's just an ERC twenty of some sort, lots, right? Lots of ideas. It's not yet tokenized. Uh, okay, it's, just it's not kind tokenized. Of digits in a in a smart contract. Okay, so um, if I want this bottom one of like a a pineapple smashing into a wall, this this gif, if I want that, then the way to get it right now is either someone mints it and I buy it on a secondary exchange like OpenSea, or I start staking my meme, collect enough pineapples. Looks like I need sixty pineapples. That's going to take a lot of meme. Um, you know, in a while. So, that, so there'd be like, you know, 60 days with one meme or something, right? Um, right. To get that, to, to, to get yeah. that, um, to farm 60 pineapples and then I could mint one and then I'd have it in my wallet. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Once you hit 60 pineapples, you'd be able to claim. Now you're probably out of luck at the moment because people, because we did this like timed release on Twitter and we teased it and um, people were lining up for this thing. So a bunch of people got in early, which means that they'll have more pineapples once, you know, once once the time has elapsed. Um, and oh, it's not oh wait, maybe I was missing. So why couldn't I enter now? It's because there's only a certain amount of. Well, you totally um, could enter now. You you totally could. I'm just yeah. saying um, there's a lot of attention here to mm -hmm. earn that 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 they'll just earn faster because they started earlier. Yeah, the farm, I gotcha. the farm is saturated. It's the right. farm economics, just like other farms. And now it becomes this Nash equilibrium or whatever you want to call it, where do I go mint like the lower rarity cards because I can lock that in? Do I hold out and wait for this mm -hmm. legendary or this one of 10 card? Um, but if those all get bought up, if I'm not, if I don't happen to be like, F5-ing the site at the time I earn, I may miss out completely or the, I, if I don't pay enough gas. So it become, I call it the pineapple dilemma where you may need to just just bank it, you know, cut your losses, go for the, the one in 100 <laughs> instead of the one in one, one in 10. So it's it's just fascinating. I, I, I can't wait for more and more people to think, to, to realize what's going on here. Um, but again, after launching, stop, stop me if we're going too long because I could talk for hours on this. After launching the Sven stuff, some of the top uh, NFT artists lined up, hit me directly. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to say names because I want to release those. Um, but some of the, like the top five people on rareables in terms of sales, right. Right. like, hey, let's collab. Hey, let's do this. They you see this as distribution, basically. Right. That you're distribution, it's more than just, it's distribution, but it's also engagement. Right. Really? So, so the, the most fascinating thing about this is its bottom up nature. Right. And like Jordan, like tip of the hat for either like for accidentally or, or on purpose, like creating 
a, a literal meme token and like there there is we, we all know there's energy in memes right like memes have been a thing for like a, almost a decade now and like now on and and i'm sure that you are not or many people are not the first people to try and like hey let's try and tokenize memes right let's try and turn a meme into a token right except that doesn't work from a top-down perspective memes aren't top down memes are bottom up right and so the only way that anyone could ever tokenize a meme is it is by accident right there's only because that is the meme the meme is that it accidentally tokenized itself and now yeah. the meme token is this shelling point for this meme community and so if you tell me that you have like the top five nft like creators coming to say like hey let's collab like i, I want to get in on this like that is the the best most successful case study of like how this whole entire industry operates right it is a bottom-up industry it's by the people for the people and memes are something that we as a collective unconscious like all organize and and uh you know adhere to and so so jordan like congratulations on creating the shelling point of memes like that's just fantastic i'm just a humble pineapple farmer <laughs> This is an amazing community. You guys really got to get in this community. Look past the, uh, the the craziness of the of the of the general Gen, gen Pop uh, Telegram group. Uh, this is it's just an amazing confluence of skilled mm -hmm. people that kind of came together and didn't sell right away when they totally should have. Uh, stuck it out, um, continuing to just just believe in this in the silliness, believe in each other. These devs are amazing. The artists are amazing. We haven't yet worked through the economics of how do we automate and like build into the contract payment, royalty payments to the artists, but that's coming soon. Um, we're partnering with other other brands, other protocols in this space that wanna, wanna reward their users or engage or create their own uh, branded NFTs. Uh, the 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 long-term vision and and I, I think you'll identify with this but the road to mass adoption in, in DeFi will be built on memes yeah um so yeah. this is how we bring in community web two generated value bottom up yeah we should jordan we should maybe do something talk about doing something with the uh the bankless uh poap token sure. and uh memes um that would be a really interesting you know, like cross section, especially I, I feel like um, David and I and maybe the bankless community just have to wrap our heads around what's going on with these NFTs, right? So we just did our first NFT podcast. We put it out. That made me more bullish. I think nice. like yeah. David, I'm seeing yeah. nod his head. Oh, yeah. Yes, too. Yeah, Andrew um, on your podcast. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah right. he's amazing. That's coming out on Monday. And then honestly, I felt like kind of a boomer, like, <laughs> like in um, trying to understand what was going on with memes. Ryan, like there, there's I a just, comment in the YouTube saying the guy with glasses looks like a, is, is talking like a boomer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, <laughs> they can smell it. Um, yeah, know. it's just like maybe uh, look, I'm I'm millennial, but maybe just born too late. Maybe this is a Zoomer thing. But after this, Jordan, you've given me hope. I feel like I understand what is going on with meme. So it's, you know, boomer no more. Just, the glasses come off. I'm now uh, I'm now with it. Can't see, but um, NFTs. <laughs> see the future but you can't see IRL um yeah, exactly. that's uh <laughs> what yeah I mean what you said is is spot on it's like it's funny just in the last couple of days it's it's taken over crypto Twitter right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and you see certain people even like hardcore ethereum people just like not see this and I a lot of people just bash on them I'm trying to take the approach that like hey 
there, there's a tipping point for everybody. Not everyone got crypto right away. Not everyone got Bitcoin right away. Even those of us that are like waist deep in this thing, it took a couple times, a couple people telling us that this is a thing. You guys got to check it out. Once you get into the rabbit hole though, like you realize it's more than just silly silliness, right? There's real value. We saw with, um, with Andre and tokenized insurance. Uh, one, of, one, of, one new thing that we'll be announcing shortly is uh, a pool, a brand new pool that allows you exclusive access to an online um, vir virtual summit, virtual blockchain summit that's coming up soon. So by, by staking and then holding these NFTs, you're able to, you have the utility of accessing VIP groups, of attending certain closed uh, Zoom calls. So like this, it's, there's so many things that beyond this cute graphic, we can now tokenize and distribute and put on chain all this, all sorts of activity and value. It, it's, there's, there's, it's, there's no stopping it. It's super exciting, Jordan. And it's also like, it's also fun. That's what I love about it, oh, right? It's just- it, it always comes back to the memes, man. Like, absolutely. I'm if it wasn't fun, there would be no value. The point is no it's value. fun. Yeah. It's fun. Well, guys, um, of course, none of this is investment advice, of course. But it says, um, it says don't buy. <laughs> we are, look, yeah, exactly. Get our youth that. Well, okay. So, but but um, if you're watching this video, we are so early in the NFT space as a subset of kind of everything that's going on with DeFi, right? Like, so I feel like NFTs are almost what DeFi was in 2019 or 2018, and it's going to use the DeFi rails to propel itself. Uh, so anyway, it's super early. You haven't missed anything, but just start immersing yourself. I'm going to more in the, in the NFT space. And I think, um, bankless listeners will, will find some opportunities there as we go. Jordan, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on my friend. Thanks for educating fun, us. I'm no longer a boomer when it comes to yes. meme token. So mission accomplished. Thank I you. Did sir. My job. <laughs> we appreciate it. Take care. Bye guys. Thanks, Take Jordan. care. All right, guys. Well, that was that, that was, was fantastic. That was crazy. What a story. Yeah. What do you think, David? Do you get it now? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I, I I I generally understand the pattern, but like again, my fascination is just how it 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 organically just coalesced around itself. Like no one person had any particular idea. Like no one person contributed anything. No one person had the plan. The plan. It, it felt like there, there's that old. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the the uh, the cartoon movie, but it's like of the Wallace and Gromit, where where Gromit oh, yeah. the dog is on the little toy train and he's laying the tracks as the train is yeah. going. That seems yeah. to be what what the meme culture is doing. They're just like, all right, so like, where where does this track What's go? Next? Like like let's keep on laying the tracks. We we don't know where it goes, but let's keep on laying tracks. And uh, it turns out those tracks led to a thirty million dollar market cap. So. Crazy, right? But also those tracks also like bootstrapped the entire thing. Yep. So it really was nothing. Mm -hmm. in the in the very early stage but the community made it something right and then actually created utility on the back of that and now it's like um it's turned into like a meme production house yep. with actual nft products that it sells yep. bootstrapped from a tweet came crazy came into existence it memed itself into existence crazy yeah. all right memes, um memes powerful, david man. let's talk about something uh we we do understand a bit more <laughs> it's the second topic today yeah and that's um eip 1559 yeah we're, so, we're going to totally get into the subject but first we're going to talk about oh, thank some you. of our let's do sponsors first sponsors here we go the bankless date of the nation the bankless date of the nations are also brought to you by monolith 
Monolith is a really important tool to help you go bankless, but still let you buy your groceries at your local grocery store. Monolith will ship you a very sexy Visa card that you can use wherever Visa is accepted, which is basically the whole world. But instead of using the dollars in your bank account, it uses the die in your Monolith smart contract wallet. Something brand new out of Monolith is the ability to add funds directly to your Monolith wallet without having to go through a centralized exchange like Coinbase or Binance or whatever. Getting your fiat money directly into Ethereum straight through Monolith is a really powerful tool to remove the influence of centralized intermediaries in this world. Now with Monolith, you can buy DAI straight into your Monolith wallet with a 0% fee, which is absolutely insane. So check them out at monolith.xyz and get your Monolith Visa card today. You know that random string of characters that you have to pass to your friends and family to show them what your Ethereum address is and they just don't get it? Unstoppable Domains fixes that problem. With Unstoppable Domains, you get a human readable name so you can tell them to, instead of paying you at 0x1743q4, you can just tell them, hey, pay me at davidhoffman.xyz or davidhoffman.zil. You don't have to ever worry about sending the wrong address because it's human readable. And this works for not just Ethereum, but for Bitcoin, for Litecoin, for any blockchain that works with unstoppable domains. You can even tell Bitcoiners to send you Bitcoin to davidhoffman.eth. They even allow you to set up uncensorable websites that are always accessible, even if the Chinese nation state doesn't want them to be. Check them out at unstoppabledomains.com. All right, we're back. David. We're here to talk about EIP 1559, but we also have to address something that I think is closely related. And that's, um, are you feeling like the, the, the bear is still out there, like in the rear view mirror? I mean, it still feels like we're in a bull market, but the, we, we can't shake the yeah. bear right now. Yeah. What's your like, take? It, it's like, it's like when you're trying to escape the black hole and you're like just on the cusp and you don't know if you're yeah. going forward <laughs> or backwards. Uh, yeah. feel like we're going forwards, but like you said, like the bear, the bear is in the rear view mirror but he's still in the rear view mirror, right? He's still right there, right? And, you know, as much as DeFi fun times is, as much as yield farming has been fantastic, the low liquid, low market cap DeFi tokens are not the market cap of Ether, right? And at some point, like we need the market cap of Ether to go up to validate the, the, the bull market, right? Like number needs to go up and it needs to be Ether and Bitcoin needs to help. Um, but, uh, un unless ether can keep on like churning out the number go up, like, you know, the, you can still see the bear market and it's still like right there. That's the, that's the way I feel too. Like DeFi's had a fun summer, like a really good fun summer, but now it's time to get back to school. Right. And, yeah. um, like now we're down 40% for the past 30 days on DeFi tokens. Uh, some people are saying like the bubble has popped all of these things. I don't believe that for a second. I mean, I think we're still fundamentally in a bull run these yeah, kind of pullbacks yeah. these kind of drawbacks are totally normal mm -hmm. we, we see this in every single uh, bull market cycle but at the same time there's a point like uh all of these DeFi tokens including things like meme it's all so far appealing mostly to people who are already here right yes. it's right. kind of the the DeFi crowd the insiders the people who stayed mm -hmm. after 2018 2019 that's who's using mm -hmm. these um like doing the farming and pursuing these assets and getting the the uni drops we still haven't found that fresh crop of mainstream users mm -hmm. to come aboard yet and i do think um the price of eth somewhat reflects that too right but like i guess the question is david what do you, what do you think what's it going to take to um get that next crop of mainstream users what's it going to take to get the next leg up on the price of eth 
Right. Well, so we evaluate these DeFi tokens, and the reason why we why we think that they're valuable is because of their uh, the cash flows. Right. Like the protocols have cash flows. The tokens govern over the protocols. Therefore, the govern the tokens govern over the cash flows. Right. Uh, and the tokens give you upside access, and the upside access, the upside exposure, is because of the cash flows. Cash flows. Cash flows. Cash flows. Have I said cash flows enough times? <laughs> and so, like, and this is what is missing with Ether. EIP-1559 is the cash flow mechanism towards Ether, right? And where is it? Where is it? Well, okay, so what do you mean? What is that for people who don't know sure. EIP-1559, what is it? Why does it provide some kind of cash flow or maybe mm -hmm. a cash burn right. to mm -hmm. uh, Ether, the asset? Right, and so, okay, so EIP-1559 changes the way that we pay gas on Ethereum, right? And so when you've been farming, you've been opening up MetaMask and you've inputted the gas number, you know, slow, medium, fast, or maybe you go to the advanced tab and put in the actual GUI number, right? And, you know, that's inefficient, right? We, we know that these markets are like relatively inefficient. The people overpay for gas when they don't need to be. And a lot of people underpay for gas because we don't know what, how much gas to pay, right? Like it's a constant auction. Right. So like I do seconds. that all the time, right? So I mm -hmm. see like a, a GUI price of 205 mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, I want to make sure I get in, right. right? Cause this transaction is super important. So I put 220. Right. Mm -hmm. You bump it up instead, but you didn't need to because probably I didn't need to. 180 could have done it. You and you didn't I overpaid. know and neither did your wallet. Like your wallet is just estimating the right gas to pay to. Right. And so like your right. wallet is kind of doing this estimation for you and it could also be wrong. And the reason why this is so difficult is because like each 12 second block is an auction. Right. So every 12 seconds, there's an auction and, you know, blocks have different things inside them that can make them more or less valuable. Right. And so no wallets have no way to predict this right and so what eip 1559 does is it formally instantiates how much gas you need to pay to get into a block into the protocol right and so the ethereum protocol will develop a number saying like okay you need to pay this much gas to get in the block and then you pay that much gas and then you get in the block and so like there's no more auction anymore and so this this number is generated in a similar way to bitcoin's difficulty adjustment right and so if and and so it uses a variable block size and so if a lot of people pay the the gas fee to get in the block, the block gets bigger, and then it targets a lower, smaller block size into the future to balance that out. Uh, and so, a variable block size to accommodate for a variable load. And then, as uh, block size get too big, price of gas goes up until the block size comes down. Right, and so that's how gas fees go up in the future. Okay. So what we get from that is more efficient. Um, mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm not overpaying for gas. Users right. are not overpaying for gas. Right. So that's good. That's bullish. And that but will what actually about the, also the... make gas fees come down to a decent degree because like in these gas markets, like there's been uh, models that have estimated that we are overpaying for gas Crazy by about two thirds, two thirds. Yeah. And so like, just okay. as so, a more efficient mechanism, gas prices could come down by two thirds. Miners are getting wealthy. Miners are getting wealthy for sure, right? Um, because we are overpaying them. We don't mm -hmm. need to be paying. We're just like over tipping, overpaying them. Yep. Okay. So, but what about the the part that you're saying, right. which um, cash like flows. makes cash flows or cash burns? Mm -hmm. What what were you talking about there? Right. And so, in the current form, we pay the gas fee and then it goes to the miners, right? And that, that's that, that's their reward. In EIP one five five nine, the gas fee gets burnt. Right. All like almost all of it, like 95, 97 percent. And the reason for that is to control for some game theoretic uh, moves. Uh, if it uh, went to the miner, then the miners could do things to congest the chain so that everyone's paying more and they would. That's a rational thing for them to do. And then they, that wouldn't work. And so instead of paying the miners, we just burn it. 
We just burn it. No one gets it. Send it to Vitalik's address. We send it to Vitalik's address. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. Good meme. Uh, and, and so, okay, yeah. So, so we delete it from the supply, right? And okay. so instead of paying the miners, what you're doing is you're paying everyone, basically. You're paying everyone an equal commensurate amount to their ETH holders. And when I say, I say everyone, I mean all ETH holders, right? And so this is reducing the supply of Ether. Because... Uh, essentially, you own a greater percentage as an ETH holder. You, yes. It's reverse right. dilution. Mm -hmm. So you own a greater percentage of the network right. when, when ETH is burnt. Yes, yes. Um, and so, yeah, sorry, I accidentally hit the uh, starting soon button, but now it's done. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so so every block, if, if we are paying like miners 2 ETH, 3 ETH, 4 ETH in fees per block, that means instead per block, two, four, three, I don't know, ether is getting burned per block, like it's getting deleted. And in, and the way that we incentivize miners in Ethereum, we have the social contract of issuance. So miners get paid regardless. They just don't also get the fee on top. Who gets the fee on top instead is all the remaining fee holders. So every single block, the demand for Ethereum block space is producing a basically an ETH buyback for ETH holders, right? Like it's a buyback and burn program, right? It's like if Apple ha generated a bunch of money and they decided to buy back their shares and then the stock price goes up. Or even the Fed. Imagine if the mm. Fed was like, hey, your taxes this year, because we've had this big inflation problem, when you pay your income taxes this year, we're just going to take that money and burn it. Yeah. We're going to remove it from circulation. Right. We're not going to reissue right? That's, it. Yep. We're not going to reissue it. Right. That's supply going down. Okay. Right. And so then so, if that happens, you're like, hmm, I'm going to keep some more dollars in the bank account <laughs> because the yeah, because right. we have more dollars proportionally. Right. So you you want then you want to hold dollars it's and then deflation. inflation could go down. This is what yeah. deflation is. By the way, the Fed will never do that. They will never but do um, that. that's what we can do with crypto economic systems. Right. Okay. So um, so we've got that. And issuance, by the way, is about four and a half percent on Ethereum right now. Mm -hmm. So four and a half percent new supply gets issued every year. If EIP fifteen five nine was active, we've you know done some analysis in Bankless articles about this, but um, we could even get to like negative issuance, yeah, right? Absolutely, um, especially, especially with the demand like we've had. Right. So that would mean uh, that would mean like lower, like one percent issuance mm -hmm. per year, or possibly negative issuance. So mm -hmm. it would be a big deal. Be so okay, deal. all of this sounds awesome. Improve usability, mm -hmm. improve um, scarcity of ETH. Why don't we have it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And this is kind of why <laughs> this is part of the state of the nation is because okay. like, from from my tentacles in Ethereum, like who I talk to, uh, there's been some grumblings about like, all right, like who has ownership over the, this project, right? Like who who is responsible for getting EIP 1559 out the door? And that's kind of like the problem. I don't really think that there is any one particular problem or one particular person that is responsible for getting EIP 1559 through, right? And so like, that's kind of the current state of the conversation is like, who's gonna do it? Like who, like the the uh, core devs uh, are some, like somehow in the, in the most recent um, core dev meeting, like ProgPow was a bigger topic than EIP 1559, so you know, the community doesn't like that. Community likes EIP-1559. They hate ProgPow, but somehow like a decent amount of the core devs are still interested in ProgPow and not EIP-1559, right? So this there's this friction between the core devs and what the community wants. Like Ethereum is a, merit, a meritocracy, right? And so the core devs have been there because they, can, they are stewards of Ethereum, but that doesn't mean that they are in a completely in complete alignment with the community, right? We don't have the same priorities. Uh, and so uh, that's, and when, when the community gets frustrated, they start to speak up, right? And so lately the community has been getting frustrated and they've been speaking up. This is a DC investor speaking up. It will take 
uh, years before ETH2 will fully deliver the scalability we desire. So we have to keep ETH1 a top priority. Top priority, according to DC, is EIP-1559. When's it coming, right? Hasu, as well, a research analyst who's written a lot about EIP-1559. We've had him on Bankless. Um, and he, he's tweeting support for ETH, how it, or for EIP-1559, how um, that will mean there's always utility to holding ETH. Um, you know, I've tweeted about this. You've tweeted about this. It's really the conversation, like if not having EIP, this is Harry Glenn, not having EIP 1559 is costing ETH holders millions per day and burning. It really yeah, is. We're leaving money on the table. Why are we not funding 10 teams to get this done ASAP? And it's a rational it's, thing to do, right? This is kind of like a coordination failure of the Ethereum hive mind, right? Like, what, Okay, well, what here, is, here's a core dev right here, mm -hmm. Justin Drake. Right. Uh, fee burning, this tweeting support of EIP 1559. He says fee burning would have burnt um, half, <laughs> half a million, million ETH over the past five days. Half a million ETH. Yeah. That's you know half about half a percent of ETH supply over right. the past 50 days. Right. Yeah. And that's a core dev speaking about this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so and so yeah, this is kind of kind of where we are. Okay. So um, <laughs> I guess one thing that's important to, to realize is when we talk about core devs, there are kind of two groups of core devs, right? Mm -hmm. There's sort of the, the core devs that are still maintaining ETH 1.0, yeah. and then there's the core devs that are pushing ETH 2.0 for right. it. And those seem to be in separate, like separate Se camps. Separate tracks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One is more conservative than the other. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. naturally. Yep. Um, but like there's no, there, there seems to be there doesn't seem to be a core contingent of ETH1 core devs really pushing EIP-1559. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about this for like 18 months to 24 months, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so do you know what is going on? Like, do you have kind of a latest of um, what's being implemented? Because I, I read an AMA just late last week um, with some people who are working on 1559. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to suggest that like no one's working on it or people are being right. lazier, right? There is work being done, right? Um, and so like the, the latest I've heard is that like um, Dan Finley put out like a, a an EIP for uh, wallets like in the MetaMask category, right? Because, you know, wallets are going to have to like rebuild their product in order to fit this new, like we're changing a, a very deep thing about the Ethereum protocol. So like EIP 1559, it's not like this trivial thing. And so like right. a lot of infrastructure will need to change. Uh, and so um, the, the latest I heard is that like uh, things like that are, are happening and there's also a bunch of like testing and audits that need to happen. Uh, but that's kind of what I've been hearing for a while. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do at Bankless is dive more deeply into this. So um, Spencer Noon had a fantastic AMA on Telegram, just kind of a private AMA that he does on Telegram with uh, some, some people who are actually working on it. Um, first of which is, is Tim uh, Bako. Am I butchering his last name? Sorry, Tim, if I am. So Tim is a developer at Consensus working on an ETH1 client as well as an ETH2 client. And he has been, I guess, kind of almost volunteering the role of, of central coordinator uh, lately on EIP 1559. Uh, and Hasu and uh, Georgios, this, this other person in the AMA are like analyst contributors as well, kind of weighing in. And what I took from this AMA, we'll include in the show notes, is I, I guess a couple of things. First, there is actual work being done on two clients. The first is the Bezu client, which is essentially the consensus ETH1 client. And the second is, oh, sorry, uh, am I confusing that? Oh yeah, no, the, the first is the Bezu client, consensus client, it's not where it says this, but the second is um, Geth. 
and a team called Vulcanize, the development team called Vulcanize is contracted to work on that. So that's the first thing. Actual implementation work is getting done in testnet on EIP 1559. In this AMA, when pressed for dates and timelines, um, Tim said, look, timelines are tricky. He's personally aiming for the fork after Berlin. So um, right now there is a, I, I'm not sure if Berlin is scheduled as a fork, but it there are hard forks with Ethereum. in February, question mark? Let me, let me okay, maybe February, up. right? So let's say that fork happens early next year. Um, Tim says, well, then the one after that could be the EIP 1559 fork. You know so you're an Ethereum Maxi when you type in Berlin into Google and it auto-populates as Berlin hard fork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, also, Google knows a lot about you, David. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so, so I mean, possibly that means next year, right? But, okay, I mean, it just, and anyway, the, the, the answers in the AMA were great. Um, they also talked about how the, the question came up of how would this look in MetaMask, right? Is this going to totally change the user experience? Someone actually threw up screenshots of how this would look in MetaMask, which I think are kind of great. No, um, no hard time on uh, Berlin hard fork. Okay, so we don't have time for that. Um, oh wow, that so, is really cool. Yeah, so the, this this that, that graph that goes up and down—that's what I was talking about with like how EIP one five five nine is similar to Bitcoin's difficulty adjustment. Like what yep. you are seeing is a protocol block sizes. The protocol knowing the demand for its block space, right? Like yep. this is kind of what it, what EIP one five five nine does is like it informs Ethereum the protocol of the demand for its block space, which is pretty cool yeah. in of itself. Exactly. Exactly. So I think you know the 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 message for. Uh, wallets is you'll have to implement th some things, but the user experience shouldn't really change. In fact, it should get easier if you're a user because you don't have to kind of guess what the, the price will be in sort of this auction and risk overpaying, which you're doing right now is essentially it'll be more like buying something on Amazon. Like here's the price you pay it. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll want to tip some to get it done faster, but, right, but that's that one day shipping. It. Yeah. Yeah. So the UX will be better. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of wins here. This is the biggest change that's probably ever occurred to ETH1. Um, and I think there does seem to be some momentum building for it, but just again, per these tweets, and I think some of the reaction on Twitter is just for the amount of value it provides to the ETH community and mm -hmm. the ETH economy, it doesn't seem like it's, uh, it's weighted correctly. Right. Yes. Yes. And, right? and the, also as a community, we are rationally incentivized to like fund this way more than we have been. Right. Because like, if you're an ETH bag holder, then you it'd be it would be rational for you to like give up some of your ETH to fund the EIP one five five nine so that the rest of your ETH is more valuable. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's going to happen, but you know how long will it take is is kind of the question. And I do think, by the way, this is uh, implemented um, off the bat is going to be implemented off the bat in ETH two so that's like that the worst correct. case fallback correct. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. for ETH economics. It will happen in ETH 2.0 if it doesn't happen in ETH 1.0 already. Right. But that's in like um, two years Yeah, it happens. And then also it's just, it's, there's also sharding, right? And so there's more scale and so there's less burning. It would yep. be nice to have it now, right? Like totally the, nice the bull to have market's it now. on. Like let's, let's keep this bull market going. Like this is why yep. we started off this conversation with like, you know, the bear is still in the rear view mirror. Like, what yeah. is the thing that slays the bear? Like it's, it's exactly what, what's our weapon? It's EIP one five five nine. Well, we we asked that uh, in the in the podcast, um, the NFT podcast that's coming out Monday, right? It's like we were, we we're talking to Andrew and Jake about uh, ETH price predictions. They basically said, 
well, here are price predictions, right? And they were, you know, fairly conservative. But if EIP 1559 comes, then like blow that out of the water, right? It's a catalyst for the bull. So anyway, I guess the message is it is being worked on not as fast as we would like. It's still definitely an area that the bank list will continue to cover and wherever possible lend support uh, to the, the developers who are actually taking action on this. So we're going to have Tim on uh, an AMA, an upcoming AMA, and get his take, have him uh, give us an honest assessment of where EIP 1559 is and where the Bankless Nation can help with that. Yeah, I expect that to be a very uh, popular AMA. Yeah, so we just got to get Tim on. So he's writing a post this week, um, and uh, we'll get him on shortly after that. David, we've gone a little long on this, as we are wont to do, my friend, but we've got one last topic to cover, and that is the Uniswap airdrop. Now, you uh, wrote a great editorial on Monday of this week talking about the like the airdrop and comparing that to the uh, <laughs> the, the Corona stimulus package, right. the $1,200 each uh, American received mm -hmm. in, in airdropped money from, from the Fed for um, like Corona damages, I suppose. Um, and you compared the Uniswap airdrop to that. What was like... What was going through your head with that comparison? How are they similar? Yeah, yeah. So there is like this trifecta of things that are going on, right? Like there is universal support for universal basic income, right? Both inside like the United States and in, in greater in Europe as well. Like people like universal basic income for obvious reasons. Like, do you want free money? Like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, and so like that, that's that's obvious. And, and the having it go from less like, not being a known thing to being a very well like a household named like uh, like phenomenon it's that happens so quickly like the people of the world are hungry for a a wealth distribution event right like and and hopefully reoccurring right and and meanwhile the conversation behind that is just the extreme discrepancy between like the capital owning elite and the the laborers of the world right like I, I, in my political opinion like it's not left and right it's like it's it's capital versus versus labor like it's always been capital versus labor right and so what ubi is is saying like hey let's get the all the value all the money that the capital is is sucking up and like let's redistribute it out to the people so that they can actually live their lives and then end up end up supporting like all the capital in the beginning right and so that's kind of like the conversation outside of crypto and then and then the uniswap airdrop happens right and like in stark contrast to what is going on in the real world in the defi world in the crypto world, there is an intersection of capital and labor, right? And that's what the Uniswap airdrop was, right? The Uni token is a airdrop of a capital asset that was distributed to the people that provided labor to the protocol. Now, supplying liquidity to Uniswap doesn't feel like supplying labor, but that is what that niche is. Like if you supply liquidity, you are the laborer to the protocol, right? And so then you got this- And even if you trade- and, and you also got trading to trade. is labor too, right? And so, like, this is like if Uber airdropped a bunch of equity to its Uber drivers, and then also a little bit of equity to Uber riders, right? And like that is just like blurring the lines between capital and labor, and like that's something that I feel really passionate about, and that's kind of how I think this world is going to like overcome this like this very chaotic, very like uh, class warfare-ish type times, right? We're going, to, we're going to need to like reintegrate capital and labor together. And this is something that Chris Berniski talks about a lot as well, who I also really respect. Uh, and so uh, I, I think there's a theme going on here. And I think Uniswap is like kind of the first to really get this going. 
And so this went to uni tokens went to about 180,000 um, 180, users of the Uniswap protocol. So not not an insignificant amount. Um, hey, David, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I may have I, lost you. No, I, okay. I, I still have you, but your video is off. I think your computer is a little sluggish and your video is off. But okay, it's not, yeah, I think Zoom's slowing me down. Mm. All right, so yeah, so it went to 180,000 um, users of the Uniswap protocol, which is absolutely amazing. And it's not an insubstantial amount, right? right. So you compare this to the stimulus package, um, it's about $1,200 mm-hmm. at current uni uh, uni prices, $1,200 to 180,000 potentially people. Of course, these are all accounts. So some people mm-hmm. own more than one account, right. um, not an insignificant amount and comparable to what the U- Americans received as part of the Corona stimulus package. So, I mean, I, I guess pretty amazing from that perspective, but like, what did you do with, with yours, David? So there's this uh, discussion question we threw out last week about so should you hold your uni? Mm-hmm. Should you sell your uni or should you buy more? What uh, what side are you on there? I'm on the hold. I have not bought any more. I haven't sold any. I'm on the hold side. Uh, the, why, the, why are you holding? Well, the scream up to $8 was nice, uh, but then it, it has fallen back down to like $4, uh, $4 because uh, we're in a little bit of, of, of a local bear, right? That's why it's what the topic of EIP 1559 was about. Um, this is uniswap dude this is like the most beloved protocol of all time with like the most insane amount of cash flows with the most insane amount of token distributions right and so like i'm holding right like i why would i ever give up my my ownership over uniswap right that's that's mine i don't want to give that up no way it does feel like uniswap is a blue chip um and so if we're in a wider bull market if you believe we are then um maybe not the time to sell your blue chips uh, but who knows? I mean, maybe something could happen from a macro perspective and, and turn us back into a full bear market. So I guess you're hedging your bets there. I mean, when you uh, when a bunch of people just received like $1,200, and actually now it's uh, $1,600 because Uniswap's trading around $4 now. So four times 400, like people could receive the minimum $1,600. Some people received way more. Uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people were kind of quick to the trigger and to, to sell, right? Because, oh, free money. Let me lock in my profits. I kind of feel like that too. And I know I know you read this book, right? Do you remember that mm-hmm. book, um, Red Notice? Yeah. Bill Browder? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally and, unrelated um, to crypto and DeFi. So if you're, if to- you're into that. Totally unrelated. Read, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but here's how it is related. So um, it talked a little bit, of course, not the only book to talk about this, but it talked about the, the privatization of former um, communist Russia mm-hmm. companies, private companies. So like everything was state-owned, communist Russia in the early 1990s, like energy, gas, all the sectors, mm-hmm. every industry was state-owned. What they did, this is very popular at the time, was they issued vouchers. These mm-hmm. are actual like stock certificates to mm-hmm. citizens. And 98% of Russian citizens received vouchers. So they got airdropped essentially capital assets in the same way Uniswap is airdropping its capital asset. To, so um, to double down on this, what the voucher enabled you to do, so Soviet Russia was going through its reorganization, right? Like it figured out communism wasn't going to work. And so it was going to hand over the basic, because the state owned everything, like every single thing, right? And it needed to turn it into companies so that the free market could take over. And they needed yep. to figure out how do we get all the state owned assets into the hands of the people, right? And so they gave people vouchers that would allow them to trade in for ownership over companies and businesses, right? And so they airdropped it. They, aired, they airdropped ownership, uh, like something that you could redeem to own part of Russia, right? And so it was, yeah. it was like, 
very it, it was like it was one of the maybe the most fair airdrops of all time except i think yeah. what you're about to get into is that at the end of the day it wasn't that fair in result yeah so what happened and this didn't take very long to happen a period of like 18 to 24 months to a maximum of three years is um most of the citizenry the like the, the vast bulk of them were like poor hungry didn't understand fully what they received and capitalists the large capital pools came in and essentially bought them from the from the citizens at like super low prices right right they're, um, they're ridiculously like hey, do you, do you low want prices. A, like do you want like a free weeks of, of, of pay and people are like is that what this is worth fuck yeah give me yep. free weeks of pay exactly like, I'll do that. yeah they had no idea what it was worth right. they didn't remember you know, they, they and, had been in communism for the past 40 years like they were not educated about how capitalism works Right. And so, so they were like, yeah, free, free, free meals. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Popular airdrop. All the citizens received it, right. but then immediately just took a couple years and it was consolidated back right. to these large capital pools mm -hmm. and the plutocracy reign that we've seen until today kind of, um, you know, kicked off, uh, at that point in time. So I, you know, again, this is a little different, of course, yeah, but part, but part of, part of me wonders if some of the Uniswap sellers, like I saw a lot of trades going through and it would be like 400 uni. Um, to a wallet that has just purchased, you know, 10,000 uni, right? With ETH. I'm like, okay, well, you know, some of these capital pools are taking big bets. Some of these whales are taking big bets on uni at these prices uh, and um, expecting that to pay off. Um, so anyway, it reminded me a little bit of that. And it's also why airdrops are hard, but this is probably the most widely distributed mm -hmm. in DeFi today. And one of the fairest launches I think we've seen as a result of that. So pretty yeah. cool stuff. I think what is different about this one versus like the, the 1980s or 90s reorganization of Russia is that it was airdropped to people that are like seeking profits, right? Like if you yes. used Uniswap, you were trying to trade in for a profit, right? So like, you're probably a capitalist. You probably understand how these things work. So like on an educational level, way better off than like the average, like, I don't know, Russian surf or whatever. Yeah. And for sure, because um, like using Uniswap prior to September 1st, 2020 took a little bit of, yeah. you had to know some things right. in DeFi right. in order to do that. So, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, there's an element of that. Uh, it's certainly an echo of that. Agreed. David, I think that's kind of what we have that time for today, man. This is the state of the nation. So it's uh, certainly feeling very meme-y, but meme we don't think the bull run is over. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe don't. Maybe don't rush to sell those uh, DeFi tokens. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. But this is not financial advice. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> all this stuff is risky, and we always we always end with this: ETH is risky. So is crypto. So is DeFi. You can absolutely lose what you put in. But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone. But thanks for joining us on another episode. This is episode 15 of State of Nation.